the Shifts to Success podcast, a show about business, entrepreneurship, and the people who've made remarkable shifts in their lives. All right, guys, welcome to the Shifts to Success podcast. Hope you're doing well. It's been a while. My apologies. I've been getting shit done. Um, And yeah, it's been a bit crazy in a good way. Um, We've hired, so we've got now a community success manager for our members that's going to provide additional level of support. We've introduced a traffic light system to make sure everyone knows what they're doing next. And, you know, if they're struggling, they can just, you know, tell us that yellow or red. And we've got a support system around that. We've also introduced weekly mentor masterminds, which is like Q&A sessions. So our members now are a week away every single week um, from one of those sessions, which has been awesome. Um, We've got revenue review. So we're actually tracking our members' revenue quarter to quarter to make sure that's going in the right direction. And of course, we've been running the best latest strategies on business um, every single month as well. Um, which has been pretty well received, which, yeah, I feel alive at the minute. I feel like there's this energy in me. I can't really put my finger on it, but I feel like I'm really in my flow at the minute, which uh, I'm fucking loving, to be honest. <laughs> um, so this episode today, uh, we're going to talk about pricing. And two reasons why I'm introducing this. Pricing, number one, is because uh, we've been testing lots of things now at Shift Success, um, that I'm going to share some experience on. Number two, this pricing, you know, question always comes up. Uh, so I thought I'd introduce my thoughts in it, the common mistakes that people come up with when it regards to pricing. Hopefully, giving you the confidence to actually raise those prices and uh, you know grow your business faster. So uh, I'm going to share some of these mistakes, uh, my thoughts on it, and uh, hopefully you get plenty of value. So the first big mistake is assuming that your customers won't pay higher. There's a great quote by Jay Abraham that says, it is arrogant and ignorant to the extreme to assume what someone will or won't pay. And I think that is a great quote. When I was 24 years old, I invested myself. It was 18,000 pound plus of that. It came to like 21 grand in total. Had to use some of my savings and also went into debt. And um, and by the way, looking back, it was one of the best investments I made. Uh, and when I did that, uh, I always looked at uh, what else I can invest in to help me grow. And I've continued that theme. And I've spent, God, the top of my head, must be close to £100,000 at the age of 31 now. Okay. Um, but yeah, just going off a tangent there. But regardless, uh, at that time, yes, I looked at the price. And yes, it was scary. But because I saw the value in what I was spending my money on, I found the money. Okay. I found the money. And yes, I looked at the cost of the time, which most people do when it comes to investing themselves. They'll go, oh, yeah, this is too, this is too expensive. But they don't look at what that thing they're buying can give them, right? Return on investment. So at the time, I can remember specifically thinking, what is the return on investment if I spend this £18,000 plus of that? And I, I considered, right, it's going to give me uh, financial independence. It's going to clear my debt. It's going to get me out of the police. It's going to be able to allow me to live life on my terms. It's going to allow me to actually um, have assets behind me. So I'm not trading time for money all the time. So all these like kind of benefits I was focusing on rather than, oh my God, this is £18,000 plus of that. Okay. Unsuccessful people will go, oh, this is the cost. Successful people will go, what is the return on investment? And that mindset's always stuck with me going forward. 
just something that's always kind of endured with me. And uh, I brought this up the other day, actually, uh, inside our Investing to Success community um, about how wealth is lost through generations. And when I was 24 years old, um, I specifically remember thinking that I'm not just buying this for me, all right? Uh, I'm actually buying it for my future kids. And to this day, I've still not got kids. I'm 31 years old. Um, I do want a family. But back then, 24 years old, I can remember thinking, by doing this, making this decision, I'm doing it for my future kids. Especially coming from a childhood like I did, which is, you know, crap. Um, I can remember thinking, right, I'm doing this for my kids in the future. And every kind of thing I've invested in myself, I've always thought that, that mindset. But regardless of that, I saw the value. That, that was my value. That's what I was focusing on. I didn't so focus on the cost. And uh, I think a lot of people, they just, you know, you know, assume or get in their mindset, oh, my customers won't pay this because, um, you know, this is what the kind of the market is per se. And that, that in itself is just a trap, a real bad trap because for whatever reason, you don't test things and those, uh, that lack of testing just restricts your business, all right? You need higher margins um, to grow your business quicker and also get to your destination uh, a lot quicker and also serve your customers better, all right? A lot of people think that by raising your prices, it's all going to profit and you're a greedy person. That's incorrect. Um, we've uh, tested our prices. In fact, we've uh, tested our prices a lot, uh, increasing it this year alone, and because of that, guess what? We've reinvested back into the business. We've hired, we've introduced these new things I mentioned at the start of the podcast. And that's for our clients, right? So I think a lot of people get it twisted there. And uh, that's mainly because they don't know a lot about business. A lot of people, you know, amateur thinking and uh, people who just, you know, don't know a lot about the business world. They'll think that, you know, whatever reason, these people are just grabbing the money for themselves and that's not always the case, okay? So um, the big one there is assuming, you know, that people won't pay higher. And I think a lot of people as well, they just don't want the rejection, all right? They just don't want the object, the uh, rejection. Um, and, you know, as you know, the story of me starting Shift Success, I uh, got lots of people telling me, Alex, you know, police officers won't uh, pay that, you know, it can't be done, blah, blah, blah. All chatter, right? All noise, Instead, what I did was allow my data from the market to decide. So what I got out there doing was started to meet cops in hotel lobbies. And I knew something called statistical significance where I needed 30 uh, rejections before I made any snap judgment. And uh, on the 24th uh, or 23rd officer, uh, she said yes. And away we go. Uh, shift success, you know, grew to now four years on, we've got, we're approaching 250 clients, okay? Now, if I had listened to everyone who told me it can't be done, police officers won't pay that, we probably wouldn't be here. I probably wouldn't be creating this podcast right now, okay? I let the market decide, not, I didn't let me decide, all right? I wasn't arrogant and ignorant to the extreme to assume what my customers will or won't pay. So hopefully that's making sense. Also, there's a story about a, uh, a coach called Steve Leach, and uh, Steve Leach was one of the first action coaches back in the day. And uh, basically the story goes that he was, uh, he went around to this customer's house and, you know, it was quite, uh, 
run down, shall we say. It had like cats everywhere and like animals and like it was quite, you know, dirty. And uh, anyway, he um, he signed these customers up and uh, they signed the dotted line, etc. And then Steve left and then he came back uh, a few weeks later and we walked in and everything in the house was gone. Like literally it was like an empty shell. And Steve was like, what's happened? Where's all your furniture? Where's your, you know, your, your fridge? Where's the animals, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, the the couple said, oh, we sold everything to to pay for your services, for to pay for your um, your your program. Um, and Steve, like, shit the bed. He was like, no, sorry, you know, I, I don't want this. You, you shouldn't have done this, blah, 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 blah. And uh, these, this couple, the the the, uh, the wife said, uh, "Steve, who are you to decide what we are willing to do to get the result?" And Steve, you know, froze. And the story goes that they went ahead. Steve went ahead with them, and they became Steve's most successful clients, um, and absolutely changed their life. Okay. Great story because, again, Steve assumed um, and also, you know, went in and actually tried to make a decision for them. And it shouldn't be about you or Steve. It should be about your customers and what they value, okay? So please, please, big, big tip there. Do not assume what your customers will or won't pay. People pay for what they value. End of. So the next price mistake is pricing based on your self-esteem. Um, people in business, when they're feeling unconfident and a bit crappy, will um, do two things. They will undercharge and also they may not market as much because they're scared of actually, or not scared, but because they're unconfident, they will feel uh, maybe unworthy to actually gain success, okay? And that in itself is a mindset thing. And if you really think about this, um, you should be so far removed from the pricing because again, it's about the customer. Pricing on your own self-esteem, you're going to get one of two things. You're going to get uh, a person who's feeling really rubbish about themselves and of course, they're going to undercharge and by undercharging, it's just a race to the bottom. The margins get tighter, the business costs go up and of course, you know, over the long run, you're not going to be able to have a, you know, a business, right? That isn't a good thing. Or number two, you're going to be get those people who are extremely confident. And sometimes these can happen. You see all over, you know, these get rich quick kind of, uh, you know, gurus out there. They get extremely confident and uh, and they don't deliver on what they're selling, right? So it can go actually two ways here. They, they've got so much self-esteem, uh, but actually when they get customers, they just it isn't as good as they make out. But then you get those people who are feeling unconfident and they just don't get enough customers because they're not feeling good about themselves, okay? Um, and also on the flip side, when you undercharge, customers actually think, well, this is quite cheap. Is this going to be any good? And of course, that thought process actually goes under. Going back to the story when I spent, you know, £18,000 plus of that, um, it made me feel like I was, you know, you know, this is expensive, this is going to be good. Um, and, you know, I've spent a considerable amount on myself this year as well. 
and you have you have that same thought process, you know, it's got to be good because it's expensive. So customers do get through that that through their mind as well. All right. So um, pricing on self esteem, you need to remove yourself from the equation and price based on the value and the problems you can solve for your clients. And you need to get out there and test that ASAP. Like I mentioned, uh, we've tested our prices considerably uh, this year at Shift Success, and we're going to continue to do so. Um, and my, my team must be you know, frustrated with the process because I do keep changing things. Um, but guess what, guys? We're still getting plenty of yeses. I mean, at the time of this recording, we've got another group of 11 or 12 police officers starting with us. Uh, again, at the new pricing structure, and we're going to continue to test that again and again and again to see where we actually uh, where we get our ceiling right. Um, and it's something just a lot of people don't do because for whatever reason uh, they get in their he own heads and their confidence or uh, their lack of self esteem gets in the way. So you need to make sure always that you remove yourself from the equation and price based on the value and outcome the value and outcome that you can provide to your clients. So the next one, the next price mistake is all about pricing based on your own financial lack, okay? Your own financial lack. Many people, when they feel broke or financially strangled, they will, um, when they get themselves out there with their products, they will think to themselves consciously or subconsciously, um, well, I can't afford that or I won't pay that, so why would my customers? And that mindset, again, restricts people from raising their prices and getting out there and, you know, marketing their products or service. Again, it's nothing to do with you. If your customer can see the value, they will pay. If they won't, then of course they won't pay. So you need to focus on delivering as much value as possible and remove your own financial situation away from it. And I will say this, if you don't increase your prices, you're always going to be trapped by your own financial lack, okay? You're always going to be trapped by the finances of life. Business is one of the ways where you've got no roof on uh, really on what you can charge because you can create new products, sorry, the amount of income you can gain uh, due to raising prices, um, due to selling new products, due to partnerships, there's loads of things you can do, right? But you are going to be trapped in your own financial lack if you don't start by raising your prices. It's nothing to do with you. Your, your bank account and your mindset is completely different to your customers. So whether you are broke or extremely liquid, remove yourself from that equation and focus on the customer and what outcome and results you can provide to them. A big, big one there. Please, please remove yourself from the equation. And if you are listening to this and you have got a financial lack, be honest with yourself. When I was broke as a detention officer, you know, I didn't say to myself, oh my God, I can't afford to invest in myself. Oh, I can't afford this. The reason I wanted to go into business and the reason I wanted to uh, change my life was because I was broke. Because I was sick of living paycheck to paycheck. I didn't tell myself, I can't do this. I didn't use my resources as an excuse 
to not do something, I used as a reason to do it, all right? So big, big, big mistake there. Please do not price based on your own financial lack. The next one is pricing based on the deliverable. The deliverable. So what I mean by this. So uh, back in the day, I did a Facebook Live on this. Um, bit of banter. Um, but uh, I back in the day, there was these cassettes, right? Uh, and these cassettes, uh, you used to buy off channels off TV, off the TV, okay? Um, now, um, these cassettes were these things you put in ca cassette players and you can put it in your car, etc. and they used to have cassette uh, players. And um, a lot of marketers used to sell them via uh, commercials and TV adverts, etc. okay? And um, the older generation will know what I'm talking about here, by the way. I'm trying to kind of conceptualize this in my head now. Um but uh, yeah, you used to buy these cassettes, right? Now, there's a guy called Dan Kennedy who's a marketer and he used to sell these cassettes which had a lot of business advice on them and people can listen to them on the go, right? Now, these cassettes he used to sell were thousands of dollars and a lot of people will focus on the deliverable of their product. So they'll go, in this example, oh, this is just a cassette, People are buying a cassette, right? What, what's, what's, what are they really going to spend thousands on a cassette? Well, actually, it's not the cassette they're buying. They're buying the outcome and the results the cassette can give. All right, the cassette can give. I know of someone in America who uh, is she's a uh, she's a female speaker, and um, I once heard a story where she was selling fifteen minutes of her time and she was charging over five thousand pounds okay now quite easily she could have gone oh it's only 15 minutes of my time over zoom but she didn't do that because she's not focusing on the deliverable just like dan kennedy wasn't focusing on the cassette the deliverable they're both focusing on the outcome result the thing that the deliverable gives them the deliverable gives their customer okay so whether you're doing Zoom, whether you're doing a, a course, whether you are, um, I don't know, giving someone, I don't know, a bit of your time, please remove that from the equation and think about what problems you're solving that your customer's really buying. I always use this example. If I'm buying a power drill, I'm not really buying a power drill, right? I'm not buying a power drill. I'm buying the hole in the wall. And to take it a step further, I'm buying the the feeling of getting the picture on the wall, all right? That is what I'm really buying if I'm buying a power drill. The power drill in itself is the deliverable to give me what I want, all right? So hopefully that's making sense. Please don't focus on the thing you actually sell. Focus on the outcome result. We don't sell the product Okay, we don't sell the product, we sell the problem we solve. Big, big mistake, never focus on the deliverable. So the next one is focusing on your competitors. Um, this is a big one. Um, for whatever reason, people get in the head that they can't price based on the competition, okay? That is uh, a real bad trap to find yourselves in. If you stop pricing based on your competition and you undercharge them or undercut them, 
you are going to be literally doing your own legs in and you're going to be over time um you know killing your own business if your competitors start to undercut you what are you going to do then you're going to undercut them and that cycle happens again and again and again and lo and behold it's a race to the bottom with no margin left you're both strangled by your own lack and uh, you know things start to happen in a bad way instead of competing on price compete on value all right i've said it enough times on this episode alone value price price based on value your own personal brand price based on the results that you can give if you if you are getting your pricing from your competitors where do you think they're getting their pricing from they're probably getting it from the competitors too and that happens again and again and again. Everyone looks at the competition and goes, oh, they're pricing this, so I'm going to price around this area too. Remove it. Be the person that's premiumly expensive. I see this a lot with property investors. When I started with the property game, uh, where I'm from in a town, you know, um, called Hucknall, um, and a lot of people when I started investing in there said, Alex, you can't charge rooms at that price. No, you can't do it, right? And I was... Uh, one of the first HMO investors in that area. And they were saying, you can't do that. No, it's you know you won't be able to do it. And what we did was made the product so good and we charged a premium for our room. We charged a premium for our room and we were sold out. To this day, I think we've got about one void at the minute. So please, I didn't, I didn't look at the, you know, other, you know, competition and, single lets out there and go oh, well you know they're charging this so i should charge this for a room i'd no scrap that i focus on the value the product in itself in making sure it was nice and lovely and i got out of there and tested it i didn't assume i didn't look at the competitors i didn't look price based my own self-esteem none of that i got out there and tested and lo and behold they all started selling and now it's funny enough now there's more hmos in the area guess what HMO investors have looked at our product and gone, oh, this one's doing this, let's do this, right? They've looked at me and my product and gone, right, I'm going to price here. But if you want to really be the first and grow your business, you need to be the person who raises their prices and you set the tone for the market. There's always two markets. People are always willing to pay premium, all right? If you look at, um, name some bag names, um, Louis Vuitton, right? Extremely expensive bags for what they are. But then there's bags out there that look better, do the same functionality, but they're much, much cheaper. There's a premium market and also there's a there's a cheap market. You get to decide which one you want to play in, okay? You get to decide which one you want to play in. And one of the last big mistakes people make is pricing based on their time. Uh, I see this a lot with tradespeople or... Um, a lot with like service-based businesses. Listen, your customers do not care about your time, all right? They do not care. Um, they care about the outcome result they can get from you, the benefit you can give them, okay? And if you start charging based on your time, already you are capping your income. Why? Because there's only one of you, which means you only can see a certain amount of people. And number two, there's only... A certain amount of hours per day, especially when you've got to eat and sleep and do your own bits and bobs, right? 
So pricing based on time is restrictor in itself. There's a ceiling you're going to hit pretty quick. You've got to remove yourself from the time equation for you to be able to scale, right? And that's why, you know, this is something that I've been noticing recently. I don't know why. I think it, a lot of newbie business owners, they'll say the word bespoke and I cringe a little bit every time I see it. Bespoke this, bespoke that, bespoke that because it sounds, they think it sounds sexy. But the people who really know about business, all I'm thinking is that lacks so much scale, you're going to be trapped. Your customers might find it sexy, but if you're in business or you're an entrepreneur, you can't be really thinking bespoke if you want scale. Because bespoke means it's different for every single customer. And that has a lot of complications. All right. Uh, I see it a lot. It's just like I cringe a little bit. And I look into the people and, yeah, they've not been in business that long. Uh, bit of advice, bit of a tangent right now, but try and move bespoke if you want to scale. You can't scale bespoke, all right? You can't scale one-to-one. You can't scale um, pricing based on time. It's a big, big trap you're going to find yourself in. So remember, your customers don't want your time. They want the benefit and outcome you can deliver. The example I explained with... The female American speaker I mentioned, 15 minutes of her time and she charges thousands because people aren't buying her time. They are buying what she can give them in that time frame. Okay? She could be doing it in an hour. She could do it in two hours, three hours, or she can do it in 15 minutes. I shared a story before on the podcast around a plumber and landlord. Uh, The story goes that there's a massive leak. The landlord's trying to frantically find this leak and turn it off, but he can't. He rings the plumber. The plumber comes around and uh, the landlord says to him, I've tried everything. It's not leaking. I need to turn it off. The plumber looks at the, the place where it's leaking from and the boiler and the cylinder. And he basically, within 10 seconds, flicks something off. And the leak stops. And the landlord's, oh my God, thank you so much. This is amazing. I really appreciate it. And he's really ecstatic. And the plumber goes, hey, no problem. That's going to be £1,000 as an example. And the landlord says, £1,000. You was here for literally 10 seconds and you flipped a switch. And the plumber says, "Uh, I might have been only here for 10 seconds, but I knew what switch to flick the plumber focused on the outcome the landlord really wanted not the amount of time he was there fixing the thing so again please remove yourself from the time equation and focus on the value the outcome and result you can provide to your customer these all these mistakes have the same theme and if you start focusing on the customer not only going to be more successful in a place of service in a place of uh, abundance but also you're going to remove yourself from these mistakes which means you're going to be able to have a much nicer time in business and that's what we want now of course there's some benefits to increasing your prices um, that go beyond you know getting more money in the bank okay I'm going to explain what these um, benefits are um, the first one being is that by raising your prices, you have more of a margin, okay? And when there's more margin, that means that you can reinvest in your business that's going to be able to support your clients even more, okay? And also grow your business. Um, 
with that, it's a nice place to be because if anything were to go wrong in your business, you've got a buffer that protects you from whatever's going to go wrong. And in business, things can go wrong, right? Um, so that's kind of the first benefit. It gives you a buffer between the world. Number two is that a lot of people worry about this. Oh, you know, if I if I raise my prices, I'm not going to get enough customers. That could be true. Or actually, it's just an ID you've got in your head without testing. But let's say it does happen. Well, it doesn't really matter because you've increased your prices. You actually need less customers to get to your financial goal, right? Which means if you need less customers, that means that you're actually saving more of your time because you don't need to make as enough calls or onboard people. Um and you still get more money in the bank, right? So if you really think about this, if you had, if you're charging a hundred pound, and you needed a hundred customers to get your goal, but you were instead going to, you know what? I'm going to charge two hundred pound. Well, that means you need fifty customers to get your goal, and because you need fifty customers, that means there's less time associated with those customers in terms of, uh, you know, onboarding them and gaining them, right? So that's a win-win. So that's the big benefit there. Now, number three is that you're actually going to get better quality customers. People who pay a premium typically give you uh, less of a headache, all right? Uh, there's a great quote out there. It's going around at the minute on Instagram, etc., where, you know, there's two kind of customers. The customer who, you know, spends, you know, $200, uh, they will want they'll say things such as, I hope you understand this is a big decision, blah, 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 you know, I want this signing, what guarantees can you provide, and all kind of the headache stuff people uh, generally make. And then number two, 50 grand customer, and and their kind of caption says, great, send me the contract, I'll get it signed. Completely two different mindsets there, and I find that fascinating, okay? So the big benefit, you're actually gonna get better quality customers that are gonna give you less of a headache. The next one is by increasing your prices, you're more than likely going to get better results for your customers. Let me explain. People who pay, pay attention. People who pay, pay attention. When people invest themselves and they're a lot of money, they're going to get more likely get the result that you're trying to get for them, okay? People who pay, you know, not are not, they just, they just, you know, it's another thing they've bought, they're not going to use, it's another gimmick, and they just don't take it seriously. Those who pay you know, an expensive premium for their product or service, they want to get the value from it. When I was, I've spent online courses, you know, this cost me about, I don't know, oh God, about $50 or something like that from Udemy and other things. And to be honest, I haven't given it my full attention. But when I've spent 18,000 plus of that as 24, guess what? I paid attention. I've spent seven grand on uh, programs. I've spent 30 grand on programs and guess what I fucking pay attention because that is a lot of money and I want to make sure I get a return from it all right so you're actually doing your customers a disservice by undercharging because they're not going to give it the time and focus it needs to get the result okay so that's another benefit but also I just wanted to leave you with this there's two costs that your customers will go through the one is the cost of inaction which is not buying from you and also the return on investment they can get okay so as i explained in the initial start of this podcast my thought process when i invest myself was right what's the return on investment i can get if i spend this money successful people tend to think that way but also there's a cost if they don't go ahead and you've got to allow your customer to understand what is the cost of not buying from you now of course i only can 
you know, explain from my terms at Shift Success, and I've wrote these down in detail so I know what the cost is. If people are miserable in their police job, they're really unhappy and, you know, uh, you know, things aren't going great for them, okay? And they don't make a change in their life, whether that is buying from Shift Success or somewhere else, there's a cost they have, and that is a cost of inaction. So the cost could be the time, which meaning that they don't see their family as much. They are wasting their life being unhappy. The one life they have, they've only got a certain amount of finite time on planet Earth. And they're wasting that by being unhappy. It could be that they can't retire. So a lot of cops I'm, I'm speaking to at the minute coming up to retirement, they're realizing, shit, I've not got enough to retire because their lifestyle's increased, inflation's here, and that big lump sum isn't as lumpy anymore. And their monthly pay from the pension isn't enough. And guess what? They've either got to go back to the police to get another job or get another job or go into business. That's the, that's the cost of inaction. They can't invest because they've not got enough money to invest. They can't create an additional stream of income. They can't build assets. They can't leave a legacy for their family. It could be that their mental health suffers. By being in the same environment time and time again, it erodes away their mental health. And that is the most expensive thing. Health is number one, right? It could be that they become poorer and poorer. So because of inflation and all the other things that happen in the economy and pay freezes that a lot of police officers have had over the years, that actually means they've had a pay cut, which means their finances are getting strangled and strangled. Okay? So they're getting poorer as the years go on. And it could be that they're not fulfilling their potential. So what I'm trying to say is that there's all these costs that are more expensive by not investing. So hopefully that makes sense. And for you listening, your customers, whatever business you're in, have their own cost by not investing in your product or service, which is more expensive than what actually your product or service costs. There's a cost of inaction. There's a cost of not investing. And your customers get to choose that cost every single time they're looking for a solution, okay? And then, of course, what you want to do is think about what's the return on investment they can get from your product or service. So for us, it's financial independence, debt-free, mental health is protected, seeing their family more, going on more holidays, living by the sea, having more choice in life because of the income, freedom. So this activity, this is what I want you to do. If you're worried about pricing, I want you to write a piece of paper, put a line down the middle. On the left-hand side, I want you to write cost of inaction. And on the right-hand side, I want you to write ROI, return on investment. On the left-hand side, I want you to write down all the costs associated with your customer not buying from you, okay? If there's an actual want and need, by the way. You, you, don't, you don't ever push a product on someone who doesn't really want it. But if there's pain there, there's problems there that you can solve, then, of course, it's your duty, okay? Write all down the cost of inaction. And on the right-hand side, write down the return on investment they're going to get from a product or service. Great task. And that mindset shift allows you to come in a place of service, a place of duty. And when you're in that you know, conversation with the customer of investing in your product or service, you actually feel a lot more confident and you focus on them more. And as you know from this episode, it is all about your customer the value you can offer, the outcome result you can provide.
So guys, hopefully this episode has helped. Hopefully you've got value from it. Hopefully you're going to take action on it so you can grow your business and become more successful. If you've got any questions on this at all, let me know. I'd love to, you know, send me an email, alex at shifttosuccess.com. And also, if you want me to cover any particular episodes, let me know. I can uh, I can try and fit that into the podcast for you. And if you have got value from this, please do share it with someone. Please uh, leave a review. That would go really a long way. And also, don't forget to subscribe. Thanks a lot, guys. I'll see you on the next episode and get increase in those prices. See you soon.